0: New this introducing the original blood clad podcast not piece. Soothing semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York Boom Yeah man, S-W-O-T Semantic. Yeah man no. Boom Soothing semantic. Yeah man no. Big ups to the man now Soothing
1: on another episode of soothing semantics i'm your host ravi pinsky subscribe like and share the episode leave a comment as well if you have any comments Um, and really make sure to hit that subscribe button and like button very important that we get to a thousand subscribers so we can monetize the channel and continue to produce better content so without further ado today we have david natsani how you doing bro i'm doing awesome i'm doing good okay So David is an animal activist. He's an activist for a lot of different things. And uh, he's also written a book, several books, series of books uh, on Hebrew. Yeah, and you can find those on Amazon. So here, conversational Hebrew, quick and easy. Okay, so you got these two right here. Easy approach to learning the language of the Jews. If you guys have any interest, there's a lot of and uh, whatever, you know, if you want to hock a loogie, learn some hebrew right so dude tell us about your animal activism recently there was a woman you you were working with that ended up not uh, not being too good to animals and she went away unfortunately not for long enough but uh tell us some about something about that and and then we'll go into the other things
0: well i used to uh work with this woman um her name was uh sharon smiling We uh, worked together, we did a lot of animal volunteer work. What we do was basically we spayed and neutered the cats, you know, we trapped them, took them in, you know, had them fixed, brought them back, and supposedly, you know, she was living a double life, so she, um, you know, hoarded a bunch of them, and she just left them out to uh, die in the efficiency, no food, no water for months, and it was one of the worst cases of animal cruelty in uh, Miami-Dade County's history. I led a campaign against her uh, to have her put um, in jail for what she did. And this happened in 2018. So over three and a half years, I've been fighting to try to um, bring justice to those cats. And this week, she was uh, finally incarcerated for a year. She took a plea bargain, uh, pled guilty to uh, six felonies, and um, she'll never be able to own an animal again. And the judge also, you know, as I said, sentenced her to 364 days. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the the end of that saga.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that animal cruelty doesn't get enough of a time. But the thing is, was it, it was definitely cruelty, but it sounds like it was neglect and not, did she hit the animal? I'm not, I'm not excusing the behavior, obviously. But did she hit the animals,
0: you know, did that physically harm them or just neglect? She just neglected, there was cans of unopened uh, food over there and um, there are also cats in various stages of um, um, condition. So it seems – it could be possible that she was just throwing cats in there until the last day, until she, you know, finally got arrested in 2018. Sounds like she has some
1: serious issues, though. It doesn't – it sounds like – and I don't know, but it sounds like she potentially
0: likes cats but didn't – had just – her brain was just – um, they did um send her the defense did send her to a specialist to find if there's any kind of mental issues so they could use it, you know, to defend her. Mm-hmm. And all they found was anxiety and depression. There was no multiple personality or schizophrenia mm-hmm. or delusions or hallucinations, so that's all that, you know. Pretty weird
1: way to it's a pretty interesting thing to go to prison for. You go to prison for a year for neglecting animals. Fact of the matter is she should definitely serve time for it. I think uh cruelty to animals isn't taken in seriously enough it kills me when i see people physically harming animals it drives me nuts. Yeah,
0: 30 of them died actually 30 how many did she have she had maybe about 40 and about 30 of them died the ones Damn. the surviving ones managed to survive by eating the other ones
1: oh my god dude serious what?
0: And even the prosecutor said this is the worst case of animal cruelty in Miami-Dade County's history with cats. Wow. Wow, that's horrible. And she was always offered help, and, you know, she would always, you know, make up all these stop stories. She didn't have any money, and, you know, us, you know, we would always offer her money and stuff. I had a friend of mine that – actually not a friend, one of our volunteers that works with us. She, you know – Yeah, you're taking care of
1: 40 cats, no shit. I mean – I mean, there are people that could take care of 40 cats, but most
0: people... uh, She could have reached out for help, basically.
1: Uh, Okay, yeah, it's just, I don't
0: know. I mean, we would have came... She's the definition of a crazy cat lady. Or open the door, let them run out. Yeah. You know, pure evil. Listen, whatever it is,
1: it's probably something deep, you know, seriously wrong with her, obviously, but it is what it is. It's sad. Um, But you're, you're, you know, you are always kind of... Being an activist for something or another, mm-hmm. what do you think, you know, I'm curious, man, aside from all these things you're an activist about, what do you, why do you think you spend so much of your time trying to dispute things and fight for things? What is it about you, bro, that like you're always trying to look for something that needs a reform? What in the, what in your nature do you think causes this? Do you think it's a lot of free time? <laughs>
0: no, I just, you know, I just like standing up for what's right, basically. okay. okay. That's good. It's good to have people like that. So there's a there's a story you wanted to share with us. Yes, um, the past uh, few years I've been trying to uh, get a bill passed in Tallahassee mm-hmm. regarding expungement. When I was 15 uh, years old back in 1999, uh, me and a friend of mine we were just you know kids do stupid things. There was an abandoned Oldsmobile downstairs in our building that didn't belong to anyone, so we decided you know we'll just pull the emblem off, and take it, keep it in the room. So we'd done that, and I guess somebody called the cops or something. So uh, the police came. There was no owner to the car, so they didn't charge us with theft. They charged us with criminal mischief and loitering and prowling. They took us downtown, and we spent, you know, about eight hours there. My dad came, picked us up, and um, I had to enroll in a juvenile program back then. um what we were doing we were you know walking around the city you know picking up trash doing all that stuff and we had several other aspects of the program as well that we had to complete in order to you know graduate from it so after um a year when I was about 17 years old um uh, because I suffered from learning uh, disabilities and because I didn't have the highest GPA my parents knew it will be a struggle to get me into college so my dad in order to give me the best chance at uh, Uh, The best fair chance at a good future, my dad decided to take it upon himself and expunge my record. So, he went ahead, um, cleared my record, I applied for college, I um, actually, um, you know, got accepted, I graduated after a few years with my bachelor's. And then about, uh, maybe it was, I think, 18 years later or something, my uh, roommate attacked me and... I defended myself. The police came. I tried to explain, you know, it was self-defense. They said, no, because you both live under the same roof. It's considered domestic. They took us both in. Ultimately, our cases were dismissed as a result of refusal to press charges against each other. And the day following the dismissal of my case, I went down to my attorney's office, you know, paid him $500 to expunge my record. He said, okay, uh, the process between a year, a year and a half. I said, okay, fine. He sent me to bring this uh, paper to the police station, get fingerprints and everything. So we done that, and I overnighted it to him. He overnighted Tallahassee, and then I just waited. Every few months, you know, I would always contact him and ask him about, you know, following up, if whether, you know, Tallahassee has, you know, expunged it yet. That's how anxious I wanted to, you know, get this off my record and move on already. So a year and two months later, he called me and he said, I'm sorry, Tallahassee rejected your request for expungement. I said, why? He said, because in Florida, you only get one expungement in your lifetime, and um, because your dad expunged your record when you were a child, then that juvenile expungement counts towards your one lifetime expungement. But I said, how could that be? I was a child. He said, yeah, well, you know, this childhood expungement that you had, you know, 20 years ago almost does count against you in your adult life. So I got so upset, you know, I reached out to one of the top expungement lawyers in uh, Florida, and he told me you know my only recourse is to wait for the law to change and i said i'm not going to sit back and wait i'm going to take matters into my own hands so i contacted the senator of this district senator uh, jason pizzo and he was so inspired by my story that he decided to um, try to fix this law and he filed it in the senate as uh, senate bill 684 during the 2020 uh, session Members, moving into tab 8, SB 684. Senator Pizzo, you're
1: recognized to explain your bill.
0: Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, Senate Bill 684, members, allows for a court-ordered expunction to be granted to an individual whose previous court ordered expunction was granted prior to the age of 18. Uh, there's also an amendment.
1: Any questions? Any appearance? None on the amendment. Any debate? Senator Pizzo, please close. Any objections? Seeing no objections so that amendment is adopted. So we're now on the bill as amended. We have appearance cards, Yatir Nitsani. Yes. Nitsani.
0: Hello. Hi. You're recognized. Uh, My name is Yatir Nitsani. When I was uh, 15, I made a really small mistake, really simple misdemeanor. It was dismissed after I completed a juvenile program. Um, My dad expunged my record when I was um, 16 or 17 so I could apply for college, which I did, and I successfully graduated. Um, 20 years later, my roommate attacked me, and um, when the police were called um, because security was aware of the commotion, I explained to the police that I um, defended myself. It was a case of self-defense, stand your ground, castle doctrine. The police didn't care. They took us both on domestic. Um, our cases were eventually, um, dismissed as a result of our refusal to press, to press charges on each other. The day following the dismissal of my case, I went down to my attorney's office and hired him to expunge my record. He advised me the process is between a year to a year and a half. Um, about a year and two months later, he contacted me to advise me that Tallahassee rejected my, um, request for expunction as a result of my childhood expungement that my dad, um carried out when I was sixteen. In Florida someone was granted only one expungement in their lifetime. Okay. However, regarding juveniles, their cases theres um, is uh, I mean their record automatically expunges by the state at the age of twenty four through a process called the automatic expunction. And then um, we also had a house sponsor. It was Barbara Watson from District one oh seven. So it passed, um, every bill has to pass um, six committees, three in the House, three in the Senate, and then the House floor and the Senate floor, and then it'll up, it, it will be up to the government whether to, I mean, the governor, uh, DeSantis, whether to veto or approve it. And it's like a video game. You die in one level, you know, that's it. You have to start all over again from the beginning, The you know, the next year. So my bill, it passed um, in the House uh one committee one in the senate uh during the 2020 session and then it got amended onto another bill that already passed all six committees so um during the 2020 session my bill um it uh like I said it, it went to the it went to the senate floor I mean the house floor because it passed you know uh through I mean it passed on the back of another bill and basically um it was amended onto it mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> It passed 117 yes and zero no's. Um, the stipulation of my bill, basically, which basically says that um, anyone who had an expungement when they were a child um, can now have an expungement again. And then the next day, I was supposed to go to the Senate floor, but it died because it wasn't heard. You know, and, uh, the clock ran out, basically. Mm-hmm. When you have a bill, you have, um, you know... A certain time for it to be heard. If it's not heard, then that's it. The clock runs out and dies. So that's what happened with uh, with it. Um, so the bill died in 2020. In 2021, they refiled it again, but they amended it to a few other bills. Uh, it was a bundle of three bills, which one of them included mine, the language of mine. Mm-hmm. And again, it didn't pass. So I may try to have it filed this year as non-retroactive to push for it as non-retroactive. Uh, Because one of the um, obstacles that this bill was facing was um, in the fiscal policy. It said that um, it would uh, cost the state $600,000 the first year, $400,000 the second year, and $300,000 the third year. Because um, the FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the ones that are actually handling the expungements, would be required. The fiscal policy said they would be required to hire six additional um uh, employees um and get uh you know a bigger um compound I mean a bigger uh, space for um for the department in order to you know expunge uh, you know multiple records because multiple people will probably come in and request to have the records um expunged if you know this passes because there's so many others Like me, who had, you know, the record expunged when they were juveniles, and now they want to expunge it again. Not to mention all the parents that are refraining from expunging their child's record when they find out that if they do it now, the child won't be able to expunge again. Because in Florida, uh, juvenile record automatically clears by the state at the age of 24. But some parents, like mine, they want to wait until, you know, I turn 24. Some parents don't want to wait until their child 24, I mean turns 24. They want to expunge it now. Because they want the kid to apply for college or perhaps, you know, find a job after finishing high school. So it kind of limits your opportunity, especially nowadays that everything's so competitive. If you have something on your record and, you know, for example, you're trying to apply for a competitive school, then, you know, they might filter out your application. And, you know, I have uh, to say that it's just not fair that you threaten a parent's win ultimatum by telling them you know if your son or daughter made a mistake you're basically you know you're threatened with an ultimatum how to destroy your child's future you either go with uh 24 you know expungement and you know ruin your child's uh ability to apply for school or you know their ability to um apply for a job you know from the age of for example 16 until 24 or you go with uh with that juvenile expungement it's called you know the court-ordered expungement and then you know you'll hinder the ability to expunge in the future in case down the road they need to again and can't because this you know childhood expungement just counted towards their one lifetime expungement
1: mm-hmm.
0: so if i have it run as non-retroactive <clears throat> you know um i'll be keeping it on my record forever and even though that's gonna suck but at least you know the state is not going to be able to do it to anyone else. Non-retroactive means, for example, anyone who's uh, who turns 18 from. Um, usually the law takes effect from July 1st of that year and onwards. So anyone who had their uh, record expunged as a juvenile and will turn 18 after July 1st, 2022, for example, will only be able to benefit from that law. People like me will probably have to keep it on the record forever. And if they do try to run it as non-retroactive, I will fight tooth and nail to have it passed as non-retroactive because even though, you know, they won't be able to expunge my record or anyone else who's in the same situation as I am, at least the system will never be able to do this to anyone else. Okay. Let me know. It makes perfect sense. I definitely, I'm definitely
1: pro depending on what the case is. Yes. Depending on what it is. But in your case, uh, you know, definitely makes sense to have it, uh have two expungements, you know, the option. But you're going to have to just keep resubmitting it, right?
0: Yeah, every year I'm resubmitting it. And in Florida, you can only have um, cases that were dropped or dismissed, expunged. If, let's say, for example, you had a DUI and you took a guilty plea because you wanted to, you know, uh, work out some kind of plea bargain. I mean, I never had a DUI, but, you know, if, you know, you pled guilty, and then you, you know, have a conviction, you cannot have it um, expunged, for example. Also, if let's say, you know, for example, we'll use a DUI example again, a DUI conviction, and then, you know, down the road, you have something else that, you know, misorderly conduct, for example, a few years down the road, and then, then it gets dismissed, then because of the fact you had that conviction, that DUI conviction, for example, a few years back, that, uh, you know, you were convicted for, therefore, it will, or even a no-contest plea, then you're not going to be able to expunge something in the future. A different case was dropped or dismissed because of that prior conviction. So it's basically they're very limited on the amount of expungements that they have here. And I'm not even asking the state for two expungements. I'm just saying that a juvenile expungement should not count towards someone's one-lifetime expungement. Even if they do raise it to two or three expungements, still that juvenile expungements should not count towards those two or three expungements as well. Okay. No, that's,
1: that's fair enough. I'm not someone who can determine this, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. Definitely hear what you're saying. Okay. So i I'm, by the way, I'm definitely going to add the actual video in that you showed me. Okay. Okay.
0: And you have any uh, questions regarding this? Uh, and-
1: as far, I mean, you explained a lot to me. So, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what I can really ask, you know, I mean, expungements at the end of the day are pretty straightforward. You know, it's pretty much just allowing forgiveness for something that was done. And, um, you know, like I said, it really depends on what the person did. In your case, uh, it seems like it's permissible. But it's really situationally dependent. So, I mean, that's pretty much it, you know. We we covered a lot of ground. It it wasn't a long episode, but we think we went over a lot, right? Yes. So, with that said... Mm -hmm. It was surely a pleasure to have you, David. Thank you. Thank you very much. As always, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe, like, share, leave a comment, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you very much.